Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That word is for you. That word is for you. As you already know, uh, when we say the word church, uh, it can mean a number of different things. If you go home and tell your neighbor that you went to church today, what you're really saying is, I went to worship today. If they ask you where your church is, then they're talking about the facility, the location. But first they might ask you what church you belong to, which implies that the church is also something about the people, or as I like to teach the kids and sing to the kids of St. Andrew from time to time, church is not a building, church is not a steeple, church is not a resting place, the church is a people. Well, it turns out that the Bible also uh, describes the church in a variety of different ways. One is that the church is the bride of Christ, and Jesus is the bridegroom of the church. The role of the bride is to be fiercely loyal and faithful to her bridegroom. The role of the bridegroom is to give everything he has for the joy of his bride. That's why we call heaven a marriage feast, which has no end. Sometimes church is pictured as a building built on a solid foundation. At other times, it's a bigger building, like a temple, which St. Paul calls it in his letter to the Ephesians. And while sometimes church is described as a house, other times it's described as a household or a family, like when God says, I will be a father to you, and you will be like sons and daughters to me. And the Greek word for church is the word ekklesia, from which we get the word ecclesiastical, which means assembly or gathering. But the one I want to talk about and illustrate for you today is captured in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where St. Paul describes the church as a body, like a human body, with many individual parts or members all connected to each other, all working together for the function and the life of that entire one body. As our faith walkers know, I like to call this the medical model or the biological model of the church. If any of you have ever had or seen or maybe some of you have actually performed surgery, You can understand why he might use such an image, but in the context of Scripture, what this means is that Jesus is the head of the body. He's the head of the church. And the church is the body of Christ, which is to say that we're the hands and the feet of Jesus. We're the ones who make his presence known in the world today as we function all the individual members working together for the life of that one body. Well, with all of that as introduction, uh, today I want to do something that our board of directors gets on me about from time to time and encourages me to do and uh, is good to do, especially as we stand together on a threshold of a new partnership and ministry together and as we get ready to celebrate the 70th anniversary of our church family here at St. Andrew in a few months from now. And that is to lift up uh, to you a picture of the body of Christ here at St. Andrew. And in doing so, to hopefully accomplish a few things, one of which is to give you a picture of what some of your fellow members have been up to and how they function in the body. Another is to encourage you to find your place, 
your role, your part, your function in the body. Another is to enable your witness to your friends about what God is doing here at St. Andrew and how they can experience the touch of God's presence in their lives and also find their place in the body and, and above all, to give glory to God for everything that goes on in this church family because it's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. And because worship is the center of our life together as a church, let me start out with that and the obvious fact that this body and its members worship God together in about 235 services a year, not counting weddings and funerals, and that in addition to our staff, it takes about 100 people to make one set of four weekend services happen when you total up all the musicians, including choir members, 21 communion assistants, five lectors, 14 ushers, seven greeters, along with office volunteers, acolytes, and others. Just in the one area of music, there's our choir, a bell choir, a children's choir, a teen choir known as Exalt, along with our praise team, its choir, other ensembles and groups, each with their own music, each with their own rehearsal schedule. Then you have all our, our educational ministries, starting with St. Andrew's Preschool, including a director, nine teachers and aides, a maximum 86 students, and its own board of directors, calendar of classes and special events, along with teams of parent volunteers serving the families of our church and our community. This is a big part of our body that many of you never get to see, and it alone has a lot of moving parts. Kingdom Kids is our current name for Sunday School, complete with its own teaching team. Same goes true for We Worship, which is an interactive worship experience for children at our 11 a.m. service every Sunday. Vacation Bible School this year alone served more than 260 children through over 100 volunteers five days in a row. And planning for next year, believe it or not, is already underway. That one ministry alone is a massive effort involving thousands of hours. And in the middle of all of that are a host of special events for children and for their families, like the God's House Easter Egg Roll, for which volunteers here at church spend weeks stuffing thousands of plastic Easter eggs. There's Trunk or Treat, the Back to School Bash, and the Blessing of the Backpacks, which we'll do again at the end of next month. All of them involving leaders, teams, followers, planning, and hard work. But it's work that's worth it because it makes this place a place to visit and ultimately a place to belong by the grace of God. Fourth graders attend a five-week long class to prepare for their first communion. Seventh and eighth graders enter confirmation led by a volunteer director and this year more than 18 teachers who meet with our confirmands every Friday night and every Sunday morning for two years, as well as leading two retreats every year, along with other activities, not only to teach the faith, but for the spiritual formation and growth of the next generation of believers in Jesus. Saltines stands for St. Andrew Lutheran Teens. 
And they too meet weekly during the school year. They go on servant events and retreats. They participate in the 30-hour famine. And just last Monday, they returned from our denomination's national youth gathering in Minneapolis where they celebrated faith with more than 22,000 Lutheran teens from across the nation, which is the largest gathering of our church body and the largest single gathering of Christians that most of them will ever experience. In fact, at this year's youth gathering, our new associate pastor served Holy Communion for the first time as a pastor, for which we are already proud of you. And you haven't done anything here. <laughs> Saltines also depends on dedicated adult leaders, teachers, and volunteers to make the vital ministry go. And then we move to adult education, which takes place all week long at classes and groups that gather on Sunday morning, Monday evening, Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening at a multiple option gathering called Common Ground, Thursday evening and Friday evening in the Amharic language and a variety of other small group settings. If it's fellowship or relationship that you're looking for, St. Andrew has a young adults group, a play group for little kids, a bridge group, the Men of Panera, and a senior adult fellowship that meets here at the church and also hits the road for some day trips. And while our craft ministry includes a lot of wonderful fellowship, its members also work very hard all year long to hold our annual holiday arts and crafts event, make blankets for Lutheran World Relief, and support the mission of Christ here at St. Andrew with the fruits of their labor. For those who have a heart for international outreach, there's Lutheran Women in Mission who work for gospel outreach around the world. Our own global mission team, has made a difference in so many places by raising funds and supporting the Lutheran Malaria Initiative, Bethania Kids, Compassion International, putting pews in a war-torn church in Liberia, raising awareness through the Soup Showdown and our Midsummer Benefit Dinner and Concert, which you've heard about coming up on the 31st, and going on mission trips to places like India, the Mi Refugio Mission in Guatemala and Russia. Closer to home, your compassionate ministries of human care range from our partnership with Lutheran Social Services, C4, and the Eastern Montgomery Emergency Assistance Network to gather Christmas gifts, school supplies, food for children in need, stocking our food pantry here at the church, and respond, uh, responding and staffing the community-based shelter every year. The Mana Food Drive gathers literally tons of food for hungry people in Montgomery County. And the ministry of the Lord's truck rolls literally every day to pick up food from places where there's extra and deliver it to places where there's not enough, like the Shepherd's Table, whose new executive director is a member of our congregation, and also to a variety of other locations. You know, years ago, I would occasionally be called to lead a uh, conference, a leadership event for a sister church, and, and I would ask the question, if your church disappeared tomorrow, who in your community would miss it? Who in your community would even notice? The answer here, by God's grace, is a lot. There's our health and wellness ministry, which is an extensive program of care in Jesus' name as a team of healthcare professionals and other volunteer church members care for the body as well as the soul 
through blood pressure screenings, blood drives, care teams, giving rides, delivering meals, operating a clearinghouse for medical supplies right here at the church, hosting exercise classes, support groups around various circumstances like bereavement, chronic illness, and caregiving. We also have a mental health ministry, which has been a blessing to many in and beyond the church family. And that list goes on, but I'm still not done. I feel like one of these infomercial guys. No, wait, there's more. And the more includes a barbecue ministry called Holy Smoke to feed the hungry, creative spirits to extend spiritual encouragement and love in tangible, touchable ways, and a prayer ministry to take it all to the Lord. We have a team of connectors to welcome new members to St. Andrew, office volunteers who come to the church every day, others who deliver the flowers left here after worship, others who serve on the audiovisual team to bring the sights and sounds of our ministry to life, and others to assist in things like property management, safety and security, and our church website. For the past nine years, St. Andrew has been the home of the Wellspring Center for Leadership and Wellness, which has equipped lay and professional church leaders from throughout the region through offerings in spiritual growth and leadership development. It has hosted a men's conference, a women's conference, an annual conference for pastors of large congregations because I need all the help I can get, and a variety of seminars like spiritual leadership for the 21st century, leadership in a time of crisis, your personality and your theology, among others. And all of those involve teams of planners, leaders, and event coordinators. For the rest of the world, St. Andrew has become a center for community life opening our doors to organizations like the Jubilee Association, Adoptions Together, Foster Parents, Leadership Montgomery, the Central Maryland Chorale, and other musical groups and teaching organizations. The professional church workers of the Southeastern District of our denomination meet at St. Andrew. And this coming October, the Pastoral Leadership Institute will conference here. You've also heard about the Center for Contextual Leadership, which is a degree program of Concordia College, New York, designed to train students in a variety of vocations, but also to witness to their faith and to minister in the context of those uh, vocations, whether or not they involve professional church work. A working group is now seeking a major grant that would allow St. Andrew to become a site for that creative way to get a college education right here in this building. And as you've already heard, there are other new initiatives like our efforts in Howard County. And you've seen the blessings of God in our missionary intern and our outreach to the Amharic-speaking community in our area. And like any healthy church, everything that I'm talking about here receives the encouragement and the support of our staff and the oversight and the accountability of a governing board of directors elected by you, an executive team including a volunteer treasurer, along with a finance team, a building committee when needed, or a futures task force, and a group of appointed elders who ensure that our offerings, budget, and funding mechanisms for the work of Christ are carried out with integrity, accountability, and good order. Our plans and priorities for ministry are faithful, and possible with God, and the spiritual resources of our faith are brought to bear on every bit of it. 
Last but not least are the members of our church staff who work hard. They cheer you on. They encourage us to be the church together and do our individual parts as members of the body of Christ. And Pastor Carlson and I, and starting next Sunday, Pastor Nick Gonzalez, get to do our parts in the name of the Savior who inspires every bit of it. I already know that the picture that I'm giving you today is far from complete. If, for example, I talked about what it took to relocate our church from a one-acre site to this 13-acre site on New Hampshire Avenue, I could double my time today. But it is a composite picture of the body of Christ for the mission of God in this part of the world. As you think about everything that I've said here, as you think about all the work and all the people and all the faith and all the love and all the time and all the generosity and all the sacrifice that it takes to do one of the things that I've mentioned here, much less all of them put together, I hope you understand something about the power of God's love, about the spirit of Jesus moving and working through the body of Christ known as the church. If you had to pay every person for every role that gets played and every function that gets performed on this list of ministries, it would not happen. And yet, it does. And as I wrap this up, I can't help but think that St. Paul's words about the church being like a human body with many parts or members working together were written because the church in Corinth was horribly broken. It was badly divided. It lacked a sense of unity. And that when we work on that unity, as he called that church to do, when we celebrate it in churches like ours, what this world gets is a picture of the body of Christ for the world. It gets more than a picture. It gets a touch through the hands and the feet of Jesus today. I also think of that old story of the newspaper reporter who went to the site of a great new church that was under construction and interviewed three stonemasons, asking each of them what they were doing, though all three were performing essentially the same basic task. The first answered and said, I'm cutting a stone. The second said, I'm forming an arch. And the third looked up, paused, and said, I'm building a cathedral. I wish for all of you today the grace to find your part in the body of Christ and to see yourself as something bigger than yourself for the greatest cause the world will ever know. I give thanks for the privilege of being a pastoral witness to all of it and so much more. I give thanks for all the members of this body and all the parts that you are playing already for the sake of the picture I presented of the work of the Christ in this house, this household, this temple, this family of God. And to Pastor Nick and Lauren and anyone else who is new to our community of faith through whatever ministry you may have first experienced it, I say to you, welcome to church.
Welcome to God's church, and may you be deeply touched and richly blessed by the body of Christ for the joy of this world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us rise and prepare to confess our faith.